Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. Today is July the 18th, 2014. Now, Multiple sclerosis, it affects about 400,000 Americans and 2 million people worldwide, according to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. It can damage the protective outer living of nerve, of nerve cells, making it difficult to control muscles, activity, and everything of that sort. Now, Mary Ellen was diagnosed with MS 28 years ago. Instead of giving up, the fight, she went through it with love and not fear. She even contributed her experiences into her wonderful book that we will be discussing on healing words, life lessons to inspire. Mary has went through the ups and downs through her abusive childhood, single parenthood, but we are here to welcome her to the show today to show her so much love. And if you want to call in, please do so at 347-426-3751. Mary, how are you doing today? I'm doing just great, Technicia. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm just so blessed to be on your show. Oh, you're so welcome. It's, you know, when I did the statistics, it's amazing how this multiple sclerosis affects so many people. They said 400,000 Americans. That's so unimaginable that you, you can't even think of that. Two million people worldwide. I mean, this is this is a real big issue, and we don't talk about it enough. Um but, Mary, before we get into the book, I would like to know what exactly is multiple sclerosis? Well, multiple sclerosis is a disease, or I call it a diagnosis, of the nervous system, of the nerves around your brain. And the nerves that are on your brain are like wires, just wire, like wires you have in your household. If you look at a wire, it has a plastic coating over it so it doesn't get hot. Well, the nerves on your brain are covered with something called myelin or a myelin sheath. When MS attacks a person, the myelin starts to degenerate or come off. The first doctor told me I had demyelinating disease. And I said, well, okay, what's that? And she goes, well, you're going to go home and look it up. And I said, yeah. And this was back in 86. She said, well, okay, you have multiple sclerosis, MS. And I was fortunate that I did not have a preconceived notion as to what that negative picture of MS was at the time. I'd heard about it, but I didn't have, I was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm talking about, Tanisha? Yes, ma'am. So your little places around your brain on those nerves will demyelinate. Now, they say the myelin cannot be regenerated. I tend, I think part of that is true, and I think that like a lot of times when I'll start to have an episode and when I have an episode, I'll get a really, like a knife will be going through my right eye or my eyesight will go out or I've woken up before and didn't have the use of my legs, you know, for a few days. And I will sit down in my meditative spot that works for me 
and I will literally visualize the myelin regenerating little by little. Now, this technique has worked for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think it would work for everybody unless you clear your consciousness out first of all the negative junk that surrounds this disorder. Right. You know, I've studied a lot about MS. MS is technically a virus. It's not a contagious virus, but it is a virus. There are studies being done to link it to the chickenpox virus and uh, shingles viruses and different viruses. I think my particular case of MS is viral in the fact that my daughter had chickenpox really bad. After she started getting better, I started getting these symptoms, and what I theorized happened was that her chickenpox virus had woken up that latent virus in me. And now when, like, the summertime is hard because it's, MS reacts to heat. So if I go out and I get really hot, let's say I go to work out, and I try to work out almost every day, but if I get hot, I have to stop until I cool down because my eyesight will start going, uh, my balance will start going, uh, and you just stop until you cool down you do what you can do. I recommend that anybody with MS, even if you're in a wheelchair or whatever, you exercise. If you can just move your arms, move your arms. If you can rotate your neck, rotate your neck. If you can lift your leg up, lift your leg up and down 50 times. You know, just work out what you can do for you. And there's also a book out there called the MS Diet Book, and Mm -hmm. I highly recommend that because it talks about how MS is linked to a high-fat content diet, not so much, not the omega-3 fats like are good, you're found in salmon, but the omega-6, which are found in french fries and things like that. And it also talks in there about the MS personality. Which, when Technicia, when I read that chapter, oh my gosh, it was like reading about myself. I was like, oh gosh. And you have to stop and say, okay, what do I need to learn from having this in my life? God didn't put this here to put me. He put this here so I could learn what I needed to learn. And you you approach it with love. Not that anybody should love having MS in your life, because trust me, I have some really bad days. Right, and I think that's why we all go through what we go through. Yeah, exactly. That's why we do that. God puts you in certain situations. Like when I was talking to one of my guests and she said she was in an abusive relationship, and it's not that God wants you to be in that, but he uses that to see how strong you are to see if you can wake up and come out of that situation one day and don't even have to go back through. And we look at why, God, why, why? Sometimes you've got to take a step back and you've got to reevaluate the whole situation. Trust me, he's still got your back, but he... He gonna take you through them trials and them tribulations. That's that's how God is. He he he's a fun, look. I like to say he's a funny God though, because he love he does that. He does that. And, you, and not, when you get done, at the end you smile about it. But oh, Mary, yeah, this, uh-huh. this is what I was gonna ask you, Mary. How long did your diagnosis take? Well, I was diagnosed in '86, but even back in like '80. Two, even before they ever had an MRI unit uh, created, 
I remember waking up one morning and falling to the floor and my legs didn't work. And my first husband at the time rushed me to Bowman Gray Medical School and they had a CAT scan. Well, the CAT scan didn't pick up anything. And my mother-in-law totally believed it was stress because I was teaching school and stuff. So they sent us on a trip to the beach. Well, I got up one day at the beach and I was walking fine. I mean, it came and went as, it was weird. It was just weird. And then I would teach middle school, and mm-hmm. I would I would like what I like to do for me at the end of a long day is to take a hot bubble bath. Well, when I would take a hot bubble bath, my eyesight would leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wouldn't totally leave, but it would like everything was all blurry, and I just thought it was high blood pressure. Wow! And then I started playing racquetball tournaments, and I had to call wow. a match day because I could, I saw two balls. I didn't know which one to hit. And so I finally went went to a doctor, and they diagnosed CMS. Oh wow! And it um, it was so when, yeah, it was interesting. It, it it sounds interesting. I mean, one minute you you saying one way, and next you saying double. I'm glad you went to go see about yourself though, because a lot of times we we take things for a joke. That one little small little thing that we're not noticing, we be like, oh, I'm not gonna worry mm-hmm. about that. Uh uh-uh, uh, don't ignore it. If you feel pain. Go see about it. It doesn't matter because sometimes it's not how it used to be. We could just say certain things and you'll heal automatically. Sometimes that stuff be very severe. I was watching the doctors and the lady said on there, I think um, her husband said he thought it was like a little mole in his head or something. They're saying, you know, he went to the doctor. It was, it was totally different from that. It was cancer. Yeah, so you of just course. Have, yeah, you, you got to take care of yourself. So, Mary, what tests did they do to get to the diagnosis? Well, by the time I went to the doctor, of course, I had a pain in my right eye that was really severe, and so my girlfriend took me to an eye doctor, and he was very wise. as to He just gave me a prescription for prednisone if I promised to go to my internist the next day. So I said, okay. okay. My internist looked at me, and, of course, I had epilepsy, so I always had a neurologist. So my internist just shook his head, and he sent me over to my neurologist. So by this time, I'm like, oh, great. So then they put me in an MRI unit and did a MRI of the brain to see if there were any, they call them lesions. They're like these, they will come up as demyelinating spots. And uh, that's when she told me I had MS. And then I came back in and they did a spinal tap, which they will never do again because that was really painful. But in the whole thing about the spinal tap, uh, and I disagree with doctors a little bit. You mean you have to take your medical health in your own hands. You have to see a doctor, right. and you also have to be aware of what you need. Because like when I went for the spinal tap, I was okay when I left. When I got home, I was in such tremendous pain, and it was a Friday, so they couldn't see me again until Monday. And I was all by myself raising, I was a single parent at this time. My husband had left, my first husband had left. And uh, by the time I went to the doctor on Monday, I was so sick. And they sent in an anesthesiologist, and they said, oh, you'll be fine in five minutes. You'll be able to go to lunch. And I looked at him, and I said, you don't understand. I am so, I was in such excruciating pain. Well, he took my, they do what's called a blood patch. He took my <laughs> arm back by my spine took blood out of my arm, injected it in the hole, and we did. We went to lunch. And I looked at him, and I said, why couldn't you do that after the spinal tap? 
And they said, well, we have to wait three hours. I would have waited three hours instead of being in pain for a whole weekend. Right. And people don't said, realize that. It's I love, like my, the prescription I, I love my doctors, Mary, but, mm-hmm. you know, all to me, doctors, they're just there for backup. God has that final say in every little thing. Don't get me wrong, because I don't want the doctors out there thinking I dislike you. You, you do. You, sometimes you do yeah. a tremendous job. Yes, you do. But you, mm-hmm. you just don't get that final say over my life. You don't. Well, they do the best they can, and you're right. They do. Uh, you know, my doctors, the ones that I go to, are great, and I love them to death, and they know right. me. They know that I want to handle my case of MS the way I want to handle it. Right. I don't want to be forced to go on a medication. As long as I'm doing as well as I'm doing, yeah, I understand the medications out, are out there. I've looked at the videos. I've looked at this. Let me handle it this way for now. And I'm not saying people shouldn't be on the medications because I'm sure there are a ton of people that are helping. And if you're mm-hmm. taking the medication and your knowings inside of you, in your soul, every time you take that medication, your knowings, which are your connection to God, to the Holy Spirit, are telling you, don't take this, you know, you shouldn't be taking this, then call your doctor, ask him if you can look at it holistically, ask him if you can go on something else. Yes. Yes, because some of that medicine don't always be good for you, right? It's just how, it has, it do more harm than doing good for you. Why? Right. You have to do your own research. Because I do get a yeah. guests who say they do their own natural remedies at home, and that's how mm. that's how they heal, right? Yeah. So I do like that idea, Mary, that you that you didn't just let them get that final say over you. Okay, this is what you're gonna do, Mary. You're gonna do it this mm. way, like we're telling you. No, no, I'm gonna Mary said I'm gonna take the right field and I'm going this path. So yeah, mm. that's what you have to do. You gotta make you gotta do it for yourself sometimes. So yeah, um, and Mary, I've had. What, some years now, oh, so, you right. know, the and I have is that right now they put everybody that's diagnosed with MS right on the meds, medications. Well, if right. I've been doing this well for 20-some years, that means somebody else is being put on these medications that does, might not need it. Exactly. You know, why not let the all, patient make up their mind? But you got to have faith. Right. you got to have faith, though, Mary. If you're going to do that role, if you're going to treat yourself, you've got to believe. You don't just go out there and say, I'm going to do this on my own and don't have faith that it's oh, going yeah. to not work. Yeah. So if you're, going to, if you're going to do that, please be strong and, and have a strong belief that this can actually work. It. Mary, not telling you, okay, don't take the meds. Don't oh, do yeah. it. Make that choice for yourself. If you want to take the meds, go ahead. If you don't, Please mm-hmm. believe that you got to be, have a strong faith. You can't just jump out like Mary and be like, "Okay, I got this," and and wonder why I don't work for you. So and then you so can't when, if you uh, make that, then you can't go back and sue right. the doctors and say, you didn't make me do it. Well, you made that choice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So what was your reaction to hearing that you have this disease when they told you? Well. I didn't really have any reaction at all at first. My daughter was okay. with me, and she was about 12. And okay. we just, we kind of looked at each other because we'd heard about it, but I didn't know about it. So I went home the next day, Technicia, and I called the National Multiple Sclerosis Foundation in 1986. I asked them to send me all their literature. So they did, and, oh, my gosh, they sent me the most god-awful packet of literature. In ninth, of course, in 1986, it was this <laughs> negative perception. You're going to be this. You're going to be incontinent. You're going to be this. Right. You, you know. 
I don't get mad, but my middle schoolers would tell you when I when she gets mad, get out of her way. So I called them up and I said, "How dare you send me this negative packet of literature about what I can't do?" It's kind of like get your will together. And they said, well, we hate to tell you. And I said, I hate to tell you. And I just slammed the phone down on them. <laughs> of course, we didn't have shredders back in 86. So right. I took the literature and I just tore it up with my hands and threw it away. And what I teach people, is, and I didn't realize it at the time, was that I was buying out of that negative picture. I mean, I could have sat down and gone, oh, poor little me, look what I'm going to become. And I was taking control in my hand and giving it to God and saying, hey, this isn't me. This isn't going to happen. You know, I will fight it with you tooth and nail with as much faith as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking when you said that, I thought about Oprah Winfrey when she came out about her childhood and how she went through an abusive lifestyle. And, and she said you have to use a stepping stone to build great empathy for people, and that's that's what you have to do. This is your stepping stone, Mary. And that's and, and you have to keep going over. You can't just sit there, like you said, and soak in it. Okay. Yes, it has mm-hmm. happened to you. But what you're, what are you going to do now? Are you yeah. going to keep quiet? Or are you going to get up and fight the fight? Because everybody goes through something. Everybody has a story. It's just about are you willing to do something about it to make a change? Because if you sit there mm-hmm. and soak, then that's the issue for you. Then that's that's going to be your business. But I don't want to sit there. I want to fight. I like to fight, not fight physically, but I like to be strong. I'm determined to get through this, and that's what I feel from you. I love it. I, I do. I praise you for for that so much. Well, thank you, Denisha. So, I mean, it's, you, you're welcome. You're a strong woman. Just, you are, and you're you know, you gorgeous, you just too. Stay at a time and stay now, and, you know, if I have right. another year like this or another month like this or five more years or ten more years, okay. Right, right, and you stand. You holding up strong, too. You can tell it to your boy, you holding her strong. If anybody Google Mary, she's she gorgeous. She is. She's a beautiful woman. I say <laughs> you are. You are very beautiful. I looked at her back, I said, look at all her pitch. Just, just smiling. And it's so calm and relaxed. I love it. So um, yeah, treat- when I speak to groups oh, and I'm talking with right. them and all of a sudden I'll finally say that, you know, I had epilepsy as a kid and I was I have MS now and they'll just go, they just mm-hmm. stop. And, you know, because they look at me and they get this judgment, this preconceived notion. And I teach people, you know, through my book, Healing Words, Life Lessons to Inspire, to get out of motives, get out of judgments, get out of expectations. And you've just got to come from your knowings, from inside of you. And we're going to talk about her book, too. It's wonderful. I love it. It's short, but it's simple, but it gets straight to the point, though. So what sort of alternative therapies have helped you the most? I tell you, exercise, working out helps me the most. Uh, my diet, I don't. I am very strict about what I eat and what I don't eat. Okay. I do not drink any carbonated beverages, whereas the sugar is bad for you. The carbonation's even worse. Uh, and I really think, uh, I don't know. I'm just very strict. I, and I know stubbornness is related to MS. And my my father, my husband would laugh hearing me say this, but my father used to tell me, Mary Ellen, you'd beat a dead horse with a stick and tell it to get up. And <laughs> I, MS too, too. And when I was first diagnosed with MS, you know, I was sitting there thinking about, 
why this is in my life. And I was already teaching people, talking, speaking for the National Epilepsy Foundation and telling people when they have a disease in their life, you're not at ease with your life. There's something you need to learn from having that in your life. It's not there right. to punish you. So I was sitting there, and I looked at my daughter, who, like I said, was about 12, and I said, you know, Stephanie, I really have no idea what I have to learn. And she puts her little hands on her hips and goes, well, I know very well what you have to learn, like out of the mouths of babes, right? And um, I said, okay, go ahead, tell me. And she goes, well, you take care of everybody else but yourself. Right. And it was one of those, like Oprah says, lightning bolt moment when I was like, oh, my gosh. And to the extent, Ignatia, I do today, I do and do and do, and do not take that time from Mary Ellen to sit down and either meditate or read or write or do whatever works for you. I tell, teach people to do what works for you. You don't have to meditate by sitting cross-legged on the floor. You can take a walk. You can ride a bicycle. You can just be. Just be in the quiet and listen to God. You can't hear God when you're talking to. So, mm-hmm. you know, you really just have to take that time for you. We do. And I I do agree with that. When you make too much noise, he can't get to you. You got to get somewhere with. It's quiet. He he got to whisper. He got to let you know this message. But sometimes we're so stubborn. We hear that knock, but we don't want to open up the door. You got to listen. Be humble. Have a pure heart. Listen to God talking, and He's not gonna talk for long. Now, some of us, we might keep talking like parents. We keep talking to our children over and over. But now, he's going to give you a few opportunities, and he's going to be like, well, I got, I got to move on now. I'll probably come back, but I'm going to move on because right now you, you're not listening. So, Nick. Hey, well, the thing about God, too, he keeps putting the same lesson in different forms in your pathway until you do learn. Mm-hmm. You know, people think they right. get out of a relationship. They go, oh, great, that's gone, so that won't happen again. And then the next relation comes into your life, and in a few months it's the same as the last relationship was. And you're like, what is this? Yes. It's interesting. Right. And like you said before, he, like we were talking before, he puts you into these difficult situations for his own divine purpose. He got a reason. You just got to let him, I always say, and I'm going to keep saying, give him the keys and let him drive. Yeah, a child gets in the car with you because a child gets in the car with us because they know us, they trust us. So that's the same way you got to do with God. Get in that Mm -hmm. car with him because you know him and you trust him. He has your Mm -hmm. back. He's not going to mislead you. Mm -hmm. Amen to that. That is so true. Right. Right. And that's what Mary did, and and it's working wonderfully for her. Like I said, you just have to believe in this, that it will work for you. So what Mm -hmm. is your personal philosophy that maybe has helped you to cope with having this disease? Really just taking it one moment at a time. And like I said, stick with your knowings instead of your ego, your mind, your belief system always includes a doubt, but your knowings are your truth, your connection to God. So if your knowings are telling you when you take one of the MS shots or prescriptions or whatever that that is working for you, then continue taking it. And if it's not working, then say, okay, how can I look at this differently? Can I research mm-hmm. this a little bit? What else should I be doing? You know, people are welcome to give me a call if they want to. They can go on my website and find me. I mean, I'll be glad to work with anybody 
at no charge, just because I really want to make a difference. I really want to assist people in seeing things differently, because there, what mm-hmm. I teach people, Technicia, is there are no problems. There are perceptions and misperceptions. And to the extent you Why? see you know, the problem is simply something that you need to see differently. Right. Right. I I agree with that a hundred percent. I do. I love I love your philosophy. I love the way you just put that. That's so that's so true. And if not saying everything will be just fine, but it will it will be all right. It sure will putting a smile on my face right now just just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. What advice what advice would you give to someone who has just been diagnosed with MS? I would tell them to paint their own picture of their own case of MS and attempt to buy out of all of the negative pictures that people see. Like so many times, you know, I'll tell or somebody will find out I have MS and their first reaction, Technicia, is, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Why are you sorry? (laughs) I don't want you to be sorry for me. You know, that is the worst (laughs) Yeah, see, that's what I do. I right. laugh. I know. I go, you, you don't understand. That's the first thing they say, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then I'll look at them and I'll say, well, it's no big deal. I have epilepsy, too. You know, and then they kind of right. keep looking at me and I say, well, I have von Willebrand's, too. That's a bleeding disorder. No big deal. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I love like, it, you know what I look like. And they're like, right. oh, my gosh. You know? I, so look, I've been through worse. So I don't need you to feel sorry for for that. Let me tell you, my whole lifestyle. Then maybe you'll maybe you'll feel even worse then. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You've got they've got to buy out of that fear picture, and do not right. allow. Family members are so important. If the family member comes home and goes, "Oh, our poor little daughter just got diagnosed with MS," you're not helping the person you love. You are putting your fears on them, you're going to make their case worse. Mm-hmm. You know, people, when I used to teach middle school, the parents would come in and go, oh, I'm so afraid when they start middle school they're going to get into alcohol or drugs. Well, it says in the Bible that until you drop your fears, they will come to pass. Okay, if you love your child so much and you parented them correctly, why should you have any fears? And it's the same way with MS, it's the same way with anything in life. Mm-hmm. Paint your own picture of what you want your life to be and take it one moment at a time, one step at a time, and I'm not saying it's easy because it's not. I have been mm-hmm. in tremendous pain with MS until I started studying with an Ayurvedic healer. And she told me to use organic coconut oil on my arms for the pain. And since I've been doing that, I don't have any pain. So find your own pathway. Find people who can guide you on your pathway. Find doctors who will support your kind of treatment. The first doctor I went here in Chattanooga threw me out of his office because I wouldn't take the shots. (laughs) Oh, he did. Tignesia, I waited for six months to see this doctor, and I'm with a great doctor now. But I walked in there, and neurologists' offices are always really depressing. So I walked in in three-inch heels and a hat and a little tiny outfit. And he goes, well, you might have epilepsy, but you don't have MS. People with MS don't walk in in heels. They have crutches and canes and wheelchairs. 
And I'm like, well, here are my MRIs. You can look at them. And he goes, well, what shot are you on? And I said, well, I don't take any of the shots. They're my choice not to. And he goes, well, 100% of my patients take the shots. And I just looked at him, and I'm really not this kind of person. I know you don't know me that well, but I'm not. And I looked at him, and I said, well, what pharmaceutical company is paying you off? Oh, my God. Right. He took my chart, and he threw it at me and told me, get out of his office. Because you you challenged him. That's the thing, and that's how they want you to do most of them. They want you to go ahead, get doped up off all that medicine, and half the time that stuff don't even work for you, or it makes you even sicker. And I would have been glad to tell them when he said, who do you think you are? I would have said, I'm Mary Ellen. That's who I think I am. Last I, <laughs> time I check, I'm not everybody else. So I'm like, yeah, all my patients. I would have been like, well, I'm not all your patients, sir. They made me individually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, Mary said, okay. Came up in her heels. I don't know. It's, it's been interesting, <laughs> and I'm sure it will be interesting still. And like like you were saying, you've just got to go through whatever lesson you need to go through to learn what you need right. to learn. And, and that's just how life is. We all have mm-hmm. to go through it. You you can run from it all you want, but you, you're going to go through it. And I like the way Mary said that. Honey, she put on her heels, and that's how you're supposed to feel. Who said that you got to be all looking pitiful because you got a disease? Honey, put your heels on your head, looking like Marilyn Monroe. I ain't saying all that. I look good. No disease going to me. And that's the kind of I do all the time. People at the gym, when I leave right. the gym, I'm always in my little outfits, and my girlfriends go, right. there she is, all dressed up again. She, and they exactly. go, well, where are you and going? I'm like, I'm like Sam. Nowhere. Right. I'm going, <laughs> exactly. Right. I see a lot of people do it all the time. My mother used to do it. Go, dress up. Go just, just go shopping. You don't have to be mm-hmm. going nowhere. Because people ask me that, where are you going? You going out? No. I just want to feel good about myself, and there's nothing wrong with that. You should feel exactly. good about Exactly, and that's yourself. because you respect yourself. And that's what every, all of these things, respect and love and joy, they're all unconditional love towards self, which is what God wants us to learn. Exactly, and I think the minute that you don't do that, have that self-confidence in yourself, it's the minute that you will get down and even get sick. If you got disease, boost yourself up. Love yourself even more. Take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Do right. Certain things, you like you said, Mary, you have to stay off of, stay off the sugar and all that, exercise, get it in, but take care of yourself better than you are doing now. Don't just get on my, I'm sick, so I ain't going to do that stuff. I'm going to look the way I feel. Pump <laughs> that. They'll put on your heels like Mary saying, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's well, true. Right. Well, we're going to take a short break, and we're going to come back with Mary Ellen because we're going to get into talking about her book as well. So please don't touch that dial. You're on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Technician, on the bright side with Technician. There's only one station that will keep you happy, Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Be a reader, tutor, or mentor. Give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge now at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Como 2.340.000 sonrisas. 
1.100.000 fotos nuevas. 37.000 nuevos chistes. 28.800 besos de buenos días. Uh, buenos días. 28.800 besos de buenas noches. Buenas noches. 14.400 abrazos apretados. Ay, suave, suave, suave. 110 viajes increíbles. 42 pasteles de cumpleaños. Y unas copas. Hay una vida entera de su compañía que su familia no podrá disfrutar. Todo porque él decidió manejar después de tomar unas copas y murió en un choque. No pierdas tanto por culpa de tan poco. Manejar medio tomado es igual que manejar borracho. Un mensaje del Departamento de Transporte de Estados Unidos y de Ad Council. All right, welcome back everyone. And I'm here with Mary Ellen, who is also the author of Healing Words, Life Lessons to Aim. Inspire. We have been talking about her handling her disease, MS. So if you feel like calling in, do so at 347-426-3751. Now, Mary, I do love your book. They're very inspiring words. They're just short and simple, but there's something to just get you through the day. Um, mm -hmm. how, did you come to write, how did you come to write the book? Well, actually, I didn't write it. I heard it, and oh. God wouldn't leave, leave me alone until I started writing these things. I kept hearing these things, and I always knew I was supposed to write a book. I thought I was supposed to be on teaching. And then one day, um, I just started writing. Um, actually, I was angry with my husband. My first one that I wrote was anger. And so instead of yelling back or whatever, I took a legal pad, and I just started writing. And so I wrote, wrote that one, and then I wrote the next one. And I could not stop writing for probably a couple of days. My husband thought I was actually having a nervous breakdown. And then I just put him on the floor, and I, you know, asked God what order they should be in. And I knew awareness had to come first, because without awareness, you can't go anywhere. Without the awareness of right. self, of yourself, not of other people, because we can all see other people much easier than we can ourselves. So I knew awareness had to be first, and I knew faith and forgiveness had to be toward the end, not be, not because they're not any import, more important than the other. Faith is probably the most important one that you can have. And forgiveness, not of other people, but forgiveness of self is right. one of the most important. And then the others I filled in. My publisher wanted to switch them around. And I don't know, it's just one step. I wrote them actually in 1999, and they didn't come out until 2011. So, I don't know, it was it was a real journey. It is, and I don't think nobody can really imagine unless you have gone through it yourself. And and I always have learned by that. And, you know, that's one of the hardest things, Mary, um, to actually, you do have to forgive yourself in order to be forgiven. I know, I know that everyone sometimes usually fights against that one, but it's so true, and mm -hmm. you just, It's certain steps that you have to take to forgive, but that is one of them. You have to forgive yourself. If you want God to forgive you, you got to do it too. So I know. Let go of that pain that connects you to the past. You know, so many people stay yeah. gripped in the past. And, you know, I could stay gripped in the past of what I grew up with. And, you know, my family was extremely dysfunctional as far as when my My father was a traveling salesman, and when they 
when he came home from being on the road, Mom and Dad would just fight. I mean, I can remember turkeys being thrown across the room and Christmas trees being toppled. And But we oh, were this man. great, on Sundays, we were this great-looking family that went to church. You know, we right, were out right. of the house every time, when we were in the house, every it was traumatic. And right, everything um, else going downhill, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I could have held on to that. And why? What purpose does it serve? I mean... You have to let it go. You have to forgive. You, you do. I finally came to the conclusion that my mom, one, one of the things she used to say to Ignatia that I absolutely hated, but she said, well, I'm doing the best I can. Because I thought it stunk, <laughs> personally. Right, because I, I, uh, I tell my I came the same to the, thing, too. Yeah, that she really was doing the best she could. Because she was the oldest of seven kids in an uh, all-Polish family. She taught herself to speak English. She went to college, graduated five. She was a very accomplished woman. So by the time I came around, I have an older sister who's seven years older, but by the time I came around, I was an accident, quote-unquote, she was just tired of being a mom. And as a kid, you don't realize that. And she was doing the best she could. You know, I truly believe that now. And we came to a piece before she, you know, I call it crossed over, and I was with her when she did, and I was with my father when he crossed over also. Right, and see, that takes a strong-willing person to come to their senses and say, I now understand what you're saying. And my mother used to always tell me that. She said, you're not going to understand one day until you actually get grown, you have your own children, then you're going to understand mm-hmm. what I tell you. And that's, and I tell my daughters the same thing. I said, it sounds so foolish coming from me because you, you're young, you're not understanding, but watch the seat. You're going to come back probably one day. I don't know when, but you're going to come back and say, Mama, you tried to tell me, just like I told mm. her about eating all that junk. Just like I told him, for instance, I told one of them, I said, stop eating all this junk food around here. You used to sneak your stuff. I don't know that you've been on when the fish right half time. You're going there eating things, and then you're going to knock on my door, and I'm going to have to listen to your stomach hurt. And she did just exactly that. Because, see, I give them a little, I try to give them a little work and work their stomach, and I said, go and drink this so your stomach don't hurt. And she didn't drink. Mm-hmm. She decided to go ahead and be food. And next thing I know, she waking me up at 5 o'clock this morning, uh, Mary. My stomach hurts. I, I told you, go on back to bed. Because your hard head going to always make you listen. But getting back to what you were saying too, Mary, about holding the grudges, because holding on to all that hate and grudges, it, it does nothing. It, it just makes you and others' life miserable. It only brings on a lot of illnesses, for instance, like um, high blood pressure, depression, anything. And because of yeah, refusing to forgive, diseases. you're exactly right. Because you refuse to move on, and you and you don't want to leave all that junk behind. But Mary is so right. You got to learn how to move on, and a lot of people don't know how to do that. But to move on first, you got to forgive first. So mm-hmm. so once you do that, and then, then you don't as keep adults looking back. too. We have to learn how to play more. We have to learn how to laugh more. We have to learn how to have fun, just good, clean fun. And you know, I I didn't have a lot of fun in my childhood. And so now I give myself permission to play. I have a bike that I ride around the neighborhood. I go paddle boarding. I go hang gliding. I mean, I just, I do stuff that, I go zip lining. I mean, don't get me wrong, I go hang gliding tandem with somebody else. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to jump off a mountain. But, (laughs) But, you know, you've got to give yourself permission to play. You do. You do. You you have to, and I think that's why people need to definitely go and pick up and get your mm-hmm. book because especially the part where faith, and I, I would like to read that part 
of Mary's mm-hmm. book. It, it talks about faith. Faith is your mm-hmm. foundation. Faith is your freedom. Have faith and free your fears. Faith is something you just do, something you just accept. It is a result of finding within yourself a part of God's loving consciousness which surrounds all of us. You will find faith in your goodness, in your heart of hearts, in your knowings, and in your soul. You cannot see faith, and without it, you will be forever blind. It's just like the wind. We can't see air. We can't see the wind. But you do know it's there. That's the same way. You know God's there. You might can't see him. Then you might can. If you spiritual, if you spiritual enough, you he'll let he'll reveal himself to you. He sure will. My mother been through it. My husband's been through. He will reveal mm-hmm. himself. But you have to be humble. You got to be obedient, my child. That's what you have mm-hmm. to do, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants to be obedient, and some of you refuse to do that. You hard headed. You don't want to do mm-hmm. right. You know that you're going through something, but you still you refuse to do it. His way, you want to keep doing it your way. So you want to go your route, you go right on ahead. He's going to let you get your thinking. He sure is. God is our parent. If you, if you don't have a mother and father, he's your mother and father. He's your brother, your sister. He's whoever you wanted him to be. Yeah. You just got to be obedient. A lot of people don't want to do that, Mary. And and I hope they do. Like I said, go out and get this book. It's a small, it's not long at all. Um, what we're looking at, 104 pages. It's something compatible. I will put it in my purse. It would be just like my little Bible. Put it in your purse and pull it out. That's what I would do and get in one of my corners and go through it and, and pray. Yeah, what I ask people to do with the book is, just, like you said, it's just simple. Just read it all the way through once. Then mm-hmm. come back and with your quiet time with God, just open the book and flip to something. Read that right. vignette and keep that with you all day as you go through your day thinking about it. Come back and reread it at night to see what you learned about you, not about anybody else. And you mentioned something, too, earlier, Mary, about how um, it was something. I'm trying to think of it. Um, But I was going to piggyback off of that. You know, sometimes we set ourselves up for things to happen. If you think negative thoughts, then those negative thoughts shall come. Your fears will come to pass. Right. If you're always scared that... Oh my gosh, I'm I'm gonna get cancer. I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna get that. Well, guess what God's you're guess what you're asking God to give you. Yes, you, you know, God gives you everything you ask for. Mm-hmm. Be careful what you ask for. Yes, and I learned that the lesson. universe or God doesn't hear negatives. So you don't want to say, like a lot of people say, I don't want to gain weight. Well, you just ask the universe for more weight. Because they don't hear negative. It's something called inner speech. It's just like, like where the little kids don't hear have inner speech, which means they hear in picture words. So if Johnny's oh. running around the house, you say, don't run around the house. Well, there's a picture word for run. There's a picture word for house. There is no picture word for don't. So if you take Johnny by the hand and say, Johnny, we always walk in the house and demonstrate it, then he has a clear picture of what you're understanding. And it's the okay. same way. with You have to ask exactly for what you want. Well, I guess my situation is different because I'm a waitress at the Marriott, and when it's slow, I'm always like, oh, somebody just get me out of here. And my coworker, she'll tell me, she said, quit saying that. And she's the main one who always thinks negative. I always try to have a positive attitude because regardless mm-hmm. if it's slow, I sometimes always come out on top. I'm like, okay, I made this amount of money, but it was slow, and I I don't know if my positive 
thinking is overpowering what I'm saying out my mouth. Because mm-hmm. I always have a positive thinking. I'm always thinking, I mean, I know I'm, I can go in, I can do well, but out my mouth, and, oh, somebody get me out of here. It's it's slow. And then I come mm-hmm. out and I do well, and I'm like, it's, it's vice versa for me. I don't know if that sounds weird or not. Because I, I, I really don't try to talk too badly. I just feel like I'm ready to go home if it's going to be slow. But then I end up doing well, and I'm like, okay, well, yes, it wasn't yeah. meant for me to go home. Yeah, people should always see their days going exactly the way they want them to go. Okay. Okay, so before you, let's say you're going to a meeting with a banker or you're going to a meeting with a a boss or something like that and you're fearful about it, just sit down, take a deep cleansing breath, and see the meeting Mm -hmm. going exactly as it would be the perfect meeting. See it going exactly like you want it to go. And then let it go to God, and then go in there and have your meeting. Okay. That makes sense. Put it already. This too shall come to pass. If you put positive things in your path, positive things come out. And I love I love that. And it's it's true. It's basically common, it's common sense. You put negative stuff in your path, you, what you always get, you get you get negative feedback. Now, mm-hmm. Mary, getting back, to, getting back to the MS, um, what is the worst thing about this illness? You never know how your day is going to go. Like I can be okay. fine in the morning. Like right now I'm fine. Probably okay. by 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon, my fatigue will be so bad that, I mean, I take grana pills, which come straight from the caffeine plant. Now I can take two or three of those a day, and they don't bother me just because my heart's good and I'm so used to them. I can take two of them a day and go to sleep. Now, if somebody has a heart problem or high blood pressure and they have MS, they wouldn't want to do that. You know, you want to take their ProVigil as a prescription out there for energy. It doesn't work for me. I've tried that. You know, so I try to look at alternative means that would work for me, whether it's green tea with caffeine in it or, you know, people have to find, but fatigue is bad. The pain when I had it was tremendous. But you don't ever know how you can plan. And, like, I've been at business dinners with my husband before, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there at a business dinner, and pain just comes out of nowhere. And you're, like, you're looking at yourself going, oh, great, okay. And so you're trying to smile and talk and everything, and you're trying to fake it till you make it. And, I'm, and it's only because it's toward the end of the day you really don't have any energy left, uh, and that's in my particular case. I mean, but like I said, I never know how to plan. I never know, okay, can I plan going to work out and then having a lunch and then having a radio interview, you know, will I still have the energy? And so you kind of psych yourself up the day before and you pray to God the night before and you say, God, you know, let me do this and let me do this well. You know, I really want to get, you know, see, I think my, or I know my book is his words, not mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want these words, I, I would give this book away free to everybody in the world if I could. I mean, I just can't because I had to pay to get it published and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, right. you know, I just, I really believe it's that good. And we have a five-star rating on Amazon.com. You have to go under the whole title, Healing Words, Life Lessons to Inspire. Uh, 
or they can go to my website, which is askmaryellen.com, you know, and there are links there to Tate Publishing and, and different places, or they can call me directly. And if anybody is newly diagnosed, uh, please feel, anybody that's listening out there, feel free to call me or call me back or give them my phone number. It's on my website at askmaryellen.com. Um, I'm glad to be of support to anybody. Why, and I'm glad that you are doing this, and I do. I praise you for fighting, even though you have lived through hell and you went and down to um, having a single parenthood, the abusive childhood, but you, all that just was a stepping stone just to get to the next one, and you are doing so well for yourself. You are you are a great role model for all out here. If you're going through something, you better follow Mary's path right here because Mary got it going on, I tell you. But do you do you believe that we will see a cure for MS in the future? I hope so, Tignesha. I mean, right now, there, I would take one of the prescriptions if it was a cure. Okay, it's not a cure. It's a, well, it might keep it in remission. Okay, well, I'm maybe keeping it in remission with what I'm doing, so why should I waste money on the prescriptions, which are a lot of money? You know, and... You know, my husband and I, my second husband and I, we have our 16th, 20th anniversary this Saturday, and he's just been a godsend um, because, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I've been diagnosed with MS and I'm single and I'm never going to get married. Well, if you're okay with it, they'll be okay with it. Okay, you have to be okay. Your relationship is a mirror for mm-hmm. you. Right. You got to be. If you're not okay with it, right. yeah, they're not going to be okay with it, and they're not going to come right. into your life. They can't. Right. Right. That's so true. You got to first accept it, though. That's why it's called mm-hmm. self-love. If you don't love yourself, then you can't expect someone else to love you or you to love them back. So you, it starts all within ourselves to realize that we go out, we we go to these different books, try to find answers. It's not. It's not all about them books. Throw them things away sometimes. Look for yourself. Get the answer within yourself. Get the Bible, like I said, and pray for your own self. We've got to start reaching out to everything else and looking for answers to why this is. Take a step back. Reevaluate yourself and get out of the habit of always saying it's God's will. Everything is not God's fault because we go through it. we we got yeah, to take a look at, at our own self. And one of the worst things I think anybody can do is listen to the news. It's nothing but fear. Oh, yeah. Fear, 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 fear. And that's how they make their money. Right. Well, and that's exactly what I want to go into. I want to go into news reporting. And I I end up doing this show. Maybe maybe because I like to motivate people because the news is there. It is. It's oppressing. It is. And I like to be happy. I do. Mm -hmm. I'm a happy person. That's probably why I haven't got a job in there because that's. Because news is very sad, that, and that's actually what I went to school for, just to be a news reporter. But when you turn on, you're like, dang, again, somebody got shot? That's not happening. Oh, I get tired of hearing that. Yeah, I, I mean, do. it's just, I don't know. Yeah, I try not to listen to the news uh, as much as so possible. I, I mean, I'll glance right. at it to see what's happening to keep myself abreast of what, right. what's going on in the world. And you just got to buy out of that fear picture. Right. And create and, well, your own world. I, I was told I live in Mary Ellen world. I like Mary Ellen right. world. It's happy. It's cheerful. It's balanced. You know, 
Mm-hmm. I looked at my husband one time. We were having an argument, and I looked at him, and I said, you are going to get kicked out of Mary Ellen World. <laughs> <laughs> you are not invited any longer, sir. Yeah. You know, I love it. She said her own Mary Ellen where I love it. I do. It's got a little twang to it. Mary Ellen where I love it. It's cute, though. It is. And I think that's probably why. Well, this is still the news, what I'm doing. I'm, I'm giving you news. I'm passing it out. It's still informed, and it's, and it's enlightening, and it's happy. It's not sad. Nobody's getting shot. I don't have to worry about no missing children right now. So. Mm-hmm. It is all good for me. So maybe this is my route. I don't I don't know which I don't know what's the plan, but I'm gonna leave it up to God. That's all I'm gonna say. Because I don't know. I might end up still getting a job in news report. I still have time and everything. I don't know. So I'm just gonna go with the flow, Mary. That's how I'm gonna call it. Go with the flow. What you're happy. doing right now is news reporting. It's good mm-hmm. news reporting. It is. It sure is. I, I think we should start a good <laughs> What you going to say, Mary, we should start with? A good news channel. But I was told by right. Ted Turner that nobody would listen to it. And I'm like, well, right. okay. That's not and true. he's People probably, it's sad, but he's right. Well, they always told me in school, uh, um, blood always leads. That's why the news stations, they don't do the fluffy stories of life. One of them, though, in Atlanta, Fox 5, I do like Fox 5 because they do focus mm-hmm. on the good stories. It might come at the end, but, like, they'll talk about a dog or, adopt, or adopting a child or something like that. So I do like that. But some like Channel 2, ABC, they, they just straight yeah. hardcore news. They, no fluffy, no fluffy stuff. It's just bad. You'd be like, darn. Because I would go on my internship, and I'd be like, oh, wow. When my first mm-hmm. story I think I went on with a lady. She jumped out jumped out of Grady Hospital window, and I I cried and Erica Byfield yeah. was my um, mentor. She was like, you can't do that. And I was like, I'm sorry. It just it just hit me so hard. I was like, oh, I don't know if I, yeah. I was doubting myself. I said, I don't know if I could do this. Like, not have no emotions to this story because this lady just dropped out the window and I, and I can't even show my emotion. I got to be straightforward with it. Like, this woman dropped yeah. out of the window. And, oh, and it, it yeah. did make me cry. <laughs> That's hard. And I'd like for your yeah. listeners, if you don't mind, Technicia, to have them ahead, talk, follow my truth of the day on Facebook. Oh yes. Oh, because make sure I you have a lot of that. people that those. You know, they seem to be because I don't just post. I tru- post the truth of the day on Facebook uh, Monday through Friday, and I just don't post it. I try to explain it as best I can. Yes, ma'am. Yes. And that's under Mary Ellen Saganovich. Of course, they can connect with that through my website at askmaryellen.com. And I would definitely be back on Facebook. It's just that I have a code on my Facebook and I couldn't get in. And then the other phone that sends me the code is off. The only way I can get mm-hmm. back on Facebook is to scan my ID. And of course, now my printer doesn't. Um, it doesn't want to scan, so I have to call the printing company <laughs> and see what's going on. So I'm like, that's why I haven't been back on Facebook. I I, I have got so many messages. And I'm like, oh, I can't even check it, guys. I, I blocked myself with the security stuff, and I can't even get in my own stuff. So. That's really yeah. well. That's really pillar for you. Can't even get in your own stuff because you unsecured so much. But Mary, what, in, in your own words, what would you like to tell all doctors and neurologists that you think they would listen to? Well, your creed is the first: do no harm. So truly, look at the patient as a person, as to what kind of person they are. 
what kind of life do they lead holistically? Right. What do they eat? What do they drink? Are they in fear? And try to, as gently and lovingly, as kindly as possible, give the diagnosis. Too many times the neurologist will give the diagnosis of, well, you got MS, too bad, you know. You know, explain that to them. And if you don't right. have time to do that, then have my number there. Have them call me. I've, I've yes, told ma'am. my neurologist, and he has my cards, I said, if you're giving a new diagnosis and you know they're going to be upset by us, I'll be in your office. I'll be willing to talk to them. And he's just a wonderful right. man here in Chattanooga. And Dr. Tadric Kadri is who I go to, and he's awesome. But, you know, they have to be aware of how they give the diagnosis because that's going to create the diagnosis in that person's life because they have a lot of respect for you. They've been taught all their life, listen to the doctor, listen to the doctor. And we should listen right. to the doctor. And you've right. got to but listen to God first. To God too. Right, you do. You can't ignore him. He's the, he's the one who he's the one who gives the doctor the authority to do what he needs to do for you. So just uh, mm-hmm. Mary's right. You got to trust God first. Mary, before we go off the air, any last thoughts? No, I just so appreciate you having me on your show, and I'm so blessed to know you and have you as a Facebook friend. I appreciate it so much. And uh, you're so I welcome, Mary. Up a copy of Healing Words, Life Lessons to Inspire. Let's make it a bestseller so we can make the world a better place. That's right, and just keep on believing. Stay prayed up. Fight the fight and do not give up, anyone. If you're going through something, just know that you can overcome it. Like we said in the beginning, it's a stepping stone. We all go through. We all got a stepping stone to overcome, and we still go through it. Mary going through it. Everybody goes through it. This road not easy, but you just can't sit there and, and sit on a dump truck and say, oh, I'm going to give up. No, you better kick that trash out and get on this positive road with us. But, Mary, thank you again for being on the show, and I hope you have a wonderful, blissful future endeavors on out because you deserve it. You have fought it, and I know you're still going through it, but you, you're making it. Well, I thank you, Technicia, and I hope you'll have me on sometime in the, again in the future. I sure will, Mary, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to throw your contact out. Mm-mm, I keep you on. I might need you again. That's right. But thank you again, Mary. You have a blessed one. You too. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. I thank everyone for tuning in today. It's been an awesome show. And I thank you, um, the light from within, for tuning in in the chat box. That means so much to me. When I get myself back together, I will definitely be on Facebook with you. But I am still on Twitter at tday 60 So definitely check me out. And I will see you tomorrow very soon at the same time, same place. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.